Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Chad Willardson. Uh, Chad is the founder and president of Pacific Capital, a wealth management firm based in Southern California. He is also the elected city treasurer for his city, managing over $350 million in an investment portfolio. He's also been featured on The Wall Street Journal, Forbes, U.S. News and World Report, Entrepreneur Magazine, NBC News, Financial Advisor, and the California Business Journal. And he's also the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Stress-Free Money, overcome these seven obstacles to find financial freedom. So Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I want to talk a little bit about your background first, right? And of course, you know, you've been really prolific in terms of the types of uh, the types of publications that you're doing. You got a book going on and also, you know, an elected city official. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, that's almost extra, you know, because, you know, you're doing already great in business and then it's like, yeah, let me go serve the public as well. Can you please talk a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I, I grew up here in Southern California. I did not always know what I wanted to do, but I I definitely had an attraction to personal finance. And uh, I got my degree in economics and started straight out of college at Merrill Lynch Wealth Management. And I, I really enjoyed my career there. After nine years, I left and started Pacific Capital really to become an independent fiduciary. I realized it was it was very important for wealthy individuals and, and entrepreneurs to work with someone who could give them transparent and objective advice. So I felt like becoming an independent fiduciary would be where I want to spend my time in, in the future. So how I came to become an elected official. 2015, I had some people in the city start recruiting, essentially saying, we need we need a professional in this elected position to manage the investments for the city. And it's interesting that it's actually an elected position who's in charge of those investments. And I said, well, what are the requirements? You know, what do you need to actually have in your resume to, to get this position? And they said, you need to be 18 or older and a U.S. citizen. And I, I couldn't believe that we'd never had someone professionally managing the investments for our city. And so that was something that I decided, like you said, give back, you know, community service. I live here. My wife and I have five children. We're, we're invested in the community and I wanted to be able to make sure that we were financially viable for decades to come. So I ran for my first election in 2016 and that was, uh, there were four of us in the, in the contest and debates and all kinds of fun stuff that I never expected to be doing. But, um, in the 2020 election, uh, there were no other candidates that ran. So I think I scared them off. I did a good job. So here I am, but Pacific Capital, we, we're about to reach our 10 year anniversary. 
And I just really appreciate the opportunity to work with other entrepreneurs and families and helping them make smart money decisions. That's what we're here for. So amazing, amazing stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about your book and the, you know, and the premise of it, right? Right. You know, we talked a little bit in the, on, in the pre-show how a lot of books tell you the things to do. Right. 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 And, you know, that's fine and dandy. You know, there's, you know, there are a lot of books about that. Right. But really what you're focused on is removing obstacles. Sure. Right. Towards your wealth. And um, I really want to dive into some of those today because uh, they can be monumental to some people and like a really tiny thing to others. Right. And I think that once you can articulate it, like once you can like, you know, actually put it out there for the universe to hear, all of a sudden everyone's like, okay, wait a second. Yes. Now I got it. Now I understand it. Right. And I think you'd probably be the best person to talk about what those obstacles are. So let's talk about your one big tip. Sure. So without knowing the obstacles, you're, you're never going to know how to get to the destination because what we get stuck on is our obstacles. And so that's that's why I wrote this book. I'll show you the, since we do a video here, it's called Stress-Free Money, Overcome These Seven Obstacles to Find Financial Freedom. And these obstacles, what I find very helpful is that they apply to anyone, no matter what income level or what net worth level you're at. These obstacles, you're going to have to face them. Number one, and most importantly, is no clear goals. It's very hard to pack for a vacation and know what to put in the suitcase if you have no idea where you're going, when you're going, how long you're going to be there and what you're going to do. And so I, I find that people come in and they typically just don't have clarity around what they want. Uh, literally 20 minutes before this podcast show, we had a couple here sitting on the couch in the conference room to my left. And they're very good at running their businesses. They're you know very meticulous in the details and their business planning. And when it comes to their personal financial life, they said, we don't know why we just have left it up to chance. We're just kind of going through the motions and grinding hard and busy with our family and other stuff. But we've never really sat down and gotten really into the, the details and created a destination plan with our personal financial life. And so they were very excited to be here. It was a first appointment. But no clear goals is the biggest obstacle I see. You cannot make investment decisions wisely if you don't have clarity on your goals. And so any financial advisor who's looking to give you investment advice, if they haven't really spent that that deep time getting to know you and understand your goals, I'd say that's kind of a red flag. So that's obstacle number one in the book. And I've, I've, I know I could, I've done entire podcast interviews on just that, that one obstacle because you can't hit a target you can't see and you can't hit a target you don't have. So, I mean, that's, that's a Zig Ziglar quote, but you've got to have clarity. You know, you got to have a goal before you can start. How long does it take for you to tease a goal out of a couple that comes over and meets you for the first time? Like, how does that conversation usually play out? You know, the thing is, it's interesting. I've studied this behavioral finance, but if you just ask, hey, what are your top three goals, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? They're going to have a hard time coming up with it. It's just human nature that it, it doesn't come, you know, maybe on the drive home, they'll remember something like, oh, we should have said this. But if we give them a list of options, it's very easy for them to like drag and sort and prioritize it. So we have a little a little exercise where we give them the iPad and we have 25 common goals and they'll drag it and they'll say maybe maximize the value of my business or protect my family in case of an emergency or pay for the kids, grandkids, college education. And they'll drag it and then they'll see the pictures of each of those goals and realize, you know what? we pay too much in taxes. That should be a higher priority. We want to reduce our taxes and do some planning. And so they'll drag that over to the four slot. But I'd say within within 30 minutes, just because we've been doing this for so long, we can help 
uh, a couple or a family or an individual get really clear on their goals where where if on their own, it's, it's going to take them a long time just because it's not what they do. Let's jump around a little bit because, you know, do the short format of this podcast, like we're not going to have, you know, we're not going to be able to go through all seven, right? But I'd really like to touch on the most surprising obstacle because um, like one of the, you know, like as you were talking through the, you know, like the clear goal in mind, right? You know, of course it makes sense once you, you know, once you vocalize it, right? But if you really don't sit down and like think about it, it's like, well, what is, you know, what does maximize my business's uh, value mean? It can mean totally different thing to me than it does to you. But on the other hand, there are some other obstacles there that are probably, you know, let's just say more hard hitting, you know, or have a larger impact that you can achieve. Like, uh, uh, how does that play out in your business? I'd say there are two there are two other obstacles that I think really one of them is financial fast food. I talk about in the book, that's chapter two, obstacle two. It's like fast food is convenient and it's everywhere, but in the end, it's probably not very healthy for you. And financial fast food is everywhere. The financial fast food is the financial news, the constant barrage of alerts and ideas and just getting people hyped and excited about some, you know, flash in the pan, fad investment idea or getting people scared. It's all the news media that's just constantly getting at people to tell them what to do with their money, but they don't have a real context. They don't have a plan to make decisions on. And frankly, there's no accountability. You could read an article that might be really good financial advice for your neighbor, but it has nothing to do with what stage of life you're in or what financial situation you're in. So I think it's really important to avoid the financial fast food, avoid that convenient, easy, quick, let me just Google it and figure out what I should do or read some financial news that doesn't really have any context with my planning. And then the last one, I'd say chapter seven, obstacle seven is letting your feelings get in the way. And that's extremely critical because you could have the best plan in the world, but when when the crisis is high, when the stress is high, if your emotions get in the way of your financial decisions, you're going to make big mistakes and the whole plan's thrown out the window. We saw that in March, April of 2020 during the beginning of the COVID pandemic pandemic crisis and the stock market is down 40% in 30 days. Biggest drop in history, sharpest drop in history, I should say. Quickest decline of over 30% or more. And people were panic selling, selling their investments. So the, the world's never going to be the same. There's there's never going to be back to normal. And so 40 million people unemployed. Therefore, I should sell all my investments right now. And what that turned out to be was a major, major mistake because the stock market and, and companies' earnings recovered extremely quickly. Investable companies, you know, of course, a lot of small businesses have suffered and still suffer. But the big mistake is when you make investment and financial decisions based on high emotions and you get attached to the, to the greed or the fear of the moment, you make big mistakes. And so that's an obstacle we all have to face regardless of income levels. You know, so that's really interesting. One of the things that I followed for for example, were airlines, right? Obviously, the airlines just did a complete nosedive. And now I'm reading that, you know, so first of all, anyone who, you know, who stayed in the money, well, you know, that they may not have recovered everything that they have lost yet, right? But at the same time, those that uh, recognize that, you know, airlines can't be depressed forever, right, are now actually riding high because if they bought low, they're, uh, they're doing really well because a lot of the uh, domestic airlines like Delta in American, they're actually having their best quarters right now. And that's simply because everyone is coming back. Everyone's like, got to get out of the house, right? And really what it comes down to is your, you know, how, what your event horizon is, right? Are we talking, am I trying to maximize this in one year? 
five years, 20 years, things like that. And if you look at it from a 20 year perspective, yeah, that was pretty dumb to sell, (laughs) right? Yeah, all all successful investing is goal-based and planning driven. And when you have a goals-based plan, you you have a longer term perspective. So if there's a little turbulence in the airplane, you're not going to run up and bang on the cockpit door and grab, you know, grab hold of the controls. You're not going to jump out of the plane. You're going to realize that turbulence happens. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. But the better option is to stay on the plane and wait till you land safely. And it's not to try to do something irrational in the moment, but that's what we often do with our money. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Yeah. That quote was amazing. So Chad, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly to uh, learn more about your business, learn how to get the book, you know, and just contact you directly. Yeah, it's a very active on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I've got uh, 31,000 followers there. So I post daily, um, some financial, some non-financial. You can come to pacificcapital.com. You can schedule a free goals conversation with our team. 30-minute chat just to get to know each other and see if there's a way we can help you. Uh, the book is available on all formats on Amazon. So you can listen, read, or watch uh, what's what's going on with the stress-free money. And I've got a second book coming out this year, I'll tell you. It's coming out in September. It's called Smart Not Spoiled. So it's the seven money skills your kids must master before leaving the nest. That's really going to be about what to teach and how to teach your kids to be smart with money. That's going to be really interesting. I have a 17-year-old and 15-year-old. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's starting to be you know top of mind, especially after I'm giving them more and more independence. So <laughs> yes. great stuff, Chad. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. 